Welcome to Vepra Podcast, a place where we share stories of established and rising figures in the Albanian-American community. We sit down and have in-depth and authentic conversations with notable trailblazers, creators, artists, designers, entrepreneurs, and so many more. Get to know more about how they got started, what inspired them to pursue their passion, challenges they faced, and how they influenced the next generation. With this podcast, we hope to give you insight on the genuine lives of these Albanian-American figures. These stories and insights are for all. No matter what ethnicity or culture you come from, you can listen, enjoy, and be inspired. This is Veba Shabtar, Albanian Axe. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview with Vipra Podcast. Uh, we'd like to know uh, about your journey so far, uh, personal journey, and how that led to Making of Triumph, uh, the documentary where you captured and showcased the Albanian national soccer team. And uh, to many, I think it's one of the most uh, emotional, I think, pieces, visual pieces, uh, being Albanian. Um, so... You know, this interview, yes, it will have a focus on triumph, but more than anything, we'd like to get to know you on on a personal level to see what led to that. So whoever kind of like wants to, to start first, that'd be cool. All right. Uh, should I start? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, uh, the obviously, like anything, it kind of just started as an idea. Um, we, uh, Me and Luftar, uh, we're actually cousins. We grew up together. We kind of are both working in the film industry. Uh, growing up, we wanted to like always make a film together. We didn't know what or anything that was gonna how we're gonna do it, but we just kind of always talked about it as kids. And uh, and then obviously, eventually, growing up, we kind of started careers. And uh, uh, I went to college, and then I went to uh, worked at NFL Films, uh, which is uh, basically we do like we make like football films. I don't know if you guys have heard of it or not. Uh, and uh, that's where I met Charlie. Uh, Charlie was working there, and uh, I was there for about two years. And this was around maybe like a year before the whole uh, drone incident in Serbia. So when that kind of started, you know, I wasn't really like familiar with the Albanian soccer team too well. Uh, I mean, I am Albanian American. I'm born and raised here. Uh, we went back as kids a little bit, but we, at that point, I didn't think I was that associated with like the Albanian community too much. We just kind of, uh, you know, knew a little bit, you know, obviously here Albanian soccer team is doing good. And uh, obviously the whole Serbia game was going to happen. And even before that happened, we kind of like knew that, it was like an interesting thing that was going to happen. Nobody knew about the drone situation. And, you know, Charlie's not even involved at this time. So it's just kind of me and Luftar keeping an eye on it. And then eventually we saw what happened. And that was kind of the moment where we were just like, well, we should, we should like try to make this documentary on the Albanian soccer team and kind of make it not about the Albanian soccer team or winning or going to the Euros. Like we didn't know about any of that stuff at all yet. Uh, we, we really just wanted it to be kind of like, about the Albanian struggle and the immigration and people leaving. And then these players kind of coming back and representing like all these generations that left. Uh, and, you know, we just saw soccer as like an opening for that. So that's kind of like what started the idea. Uh, and then long story short, we kind of just, I knew Charlie at the time, he was kind of uh, leading NFL films at the time. And, and we, we kind of just told him about the idea. He really liked it. And then we kind of just took it from there. And then after that, there's a million stories we can tell you. So <laughs> that's, kind of how, that's kind of how it started. So you, you're saying that like, you know, you were America, you're like American born Albanian, and you felt like you weren't really in a strong Albanian community at that time. But like, you noticed the, like 
Albania versus Serbia. Like, you know, you knew already, like, oh, yeah, that's like a conflict, even though you yeah. never experienced it yourself. Like, you still felt that. And I can sense that in the movie, you try to portray that as well. Like, it doesn't matter where you went. You still, there was still that deep rooted ancestral like <laughs> um, feeling. So yeah. what was it like? What was the one thing that made you think like, okay, yes, like you wanted to just do this documentary? Because I mean, nobody just goes and says, yo, I'm just going to do a documentary on the soccer team. Like it had to be something, <laughs> something like more deeper. Like what was it that you felt? that you had to really like tell this story. I mean, I'm, I'm sure even Luftar can like speak about it. We we knew, like I said earlier, we wanted to do, we didn't want to make a film about soccer or Albania or whatever, but we knew we kind of needed an opening. I think me having a background a little bit at that time in sports documentaries, it kind of was like an easy segue for us, for me and Charlie. So we, uh, we wanted to really just tell this engaging story about these people uh, and and I, we also felt like this wasn't going to be an Albanian story. It could be a story that anybody can relate to, you know, whoever's an immigrant. Uh, mm-hmm. So, it, you know, th- that's it, like I said, we didn't know what was going to happen. And then eventually, you know, as documentaries kind of start, they evolve a little bit when they went to the Euros and everything that kind of came with that. So we tried to include that obviously as well. But it was, it was strictly built mostly on the uh, on the, you know, the Serbia and the Albania relations. Uh, and you can tell that we wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit. I think even when we market the film a little bit, we haven't really like said like, oh, this is a film about learning about the war or this. Mm-hmm. So we don't want it to make it a history lesson either. You know, we wanted, mm-hmm. we kind of, I think, I remember when me and Luftar were putting the film together, we were like editing these, uh, these like, the, like the Kosovo section and like the communist section. Uh, and then, you know, we learned a lot about that stuff too at the time. Uh, there was just so much. And we were just like, all right, how can we like kind of just answer the questions for somebody who's like on the street and knows, mm-hmm. doesn't even know where Albania is on a map and can understand yeah. like, okay, why were these people mad about this flag? Yeah. You know, so that's mm-hmm. kind of like the questions like we asked ourselves is like, it's easy to just be like, oh, well, Albanians will understand that. Like, you know, it's, we have to like really kind of dumb <laughs> right. it down, but also assume that the audience kind of understands a little bit and just answer the questions. Like we didn't want to give a huge history lesson on thousands of years. You know, we hope that what we did kind of somebody who doesn't understand it, maybe is like interested in it now and then we'll do more research afterwards. So that's kind of, I guess, how we like did it. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and and, and for, for, for us too, it was like, we kind of, we learned, we learned a lot of stuff on the way too. Yeah. It was like, yeah. it was just kind of interesting finding out a lot about the history that we didn't know. Like, cause us growing up, we just heard through our parents, like, oh, you need to be proud that you're Albanian. It's like, okay, <laughs> I guess I'm proud I'm Albanian. But, uh, <laughs> you never really know why, but it, you know, we have a cool flag and, we have a cool culture, but, uh, and that, that kind of led to us being interested in, we, we, like, like Krishnik said, we always wanted to make a movie together, but we also, you know, wanted it to be Albanian. So when that whole Serbia drone thing happened, that kind of was like, oh, this is a good jumping off point to tell a story. But we were, we were also like uh, a little naive and inexperienced. (laughs) We, we, we jumped into it without, uh, really, understanding or realizing just how much work or how long it would take to do it but uh luckily Kreshnik knew Charlie and and Charlie got involved and Charlie was kind of like the glue that helped helped us get through like this uh part of the process that we weren't really uh mm-hmm. in tune with yeah yeah so as you said like this was also a learning process for you like connecting and going back to your roots and learning about the history and more so you know highlighting uh, like a huge research project in a way. Um, 
so I guess I just I want to know like how for example have you always been filming you know what I mean like when did that love start for you like when did you know that this is what you wanted to do that this was your craft I mean I guess I really started um kind of not knowing what I wanted to do to be honest with you when I was uh in high school I I wasn't really we didn't have a film program I didn't have like a lot of direction which way I kind of wanted to go I actually joined the, the navy became a photographer got interested in photography and filming. And then later I went to film school and kind of got motivated that way. Went to NFL films as a, um, as an intern and left as a senior producer, cameraman, director, editor. <laughs> Once I started doing films with, with the NFL, um, you know, I just fell in love with it. I was like, I, I didn't realize that you could make a living doing something so fun. Mm. And, uh, so I just, continued down that route. How did you meet up with Kreshnik? Did you guys work before on different projects? Kreshnik, I believe, was working with a, a colleague of mine and his his office was like right next to mine, Jay Jackson. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure, isn't that right? And and yeah. he would pop in every now and then. And What's that? It's, it's kind of funny because like when I was at NFL Films, like me and Charlie never worked together. We, I just like knew him as the guy next to the guy who I worked with his office, you know? So <laughs> it was, uh, but I mean, for me, uh, I, obviously I did it in college and I had a background uh, and, and I just eventually, uh, I got an internship at NFL Films just like Charlie did, uh, obviously a couple of years later. Uh, so uh, that, after that I got hired and I worked there for about two years and it wasn't, and I was, I was doing projects for uh, that guy, Jay, that he just said. I would just say hi to Charlie, you know, just as like a friend to his. Uh, and it wasn't, you know, Charlie left actually before I did. Uh, and then that kind of drone thing happened, like I talked about. And uh, and uh, I was like, oh, we, like me and Duftar were talking about doing it. And afterwards, Charlie, who, like, uh, I guess he left. So I was talking to that guy, Jay, and he was like, uh, hey, Charlie left. You should maybe get him involved, you know, just kind mm -hmm. of like a stupid idea. And, you know, me and Duftar talked about it. And we're like, yeah, you know, it'd be good to have somebody who's experienced and worked in the industry a lot longer uh, I don't know why he would want to go all the way to Albania with us, but like, let's just try it. Why not? You know? So we ended up, uh, we ended up doing that. We, we messaged Charlie and I was like, Hey Charlie, I'm that guy next door. He used to pop in every now and then, you know, really annoy you. And next thing you know, like Charlie said, yeah, it was great. Let's meet up for lunch. And then we just slowly talked about it. And question, like, what was your like first, like maybe your first, first like film where you felt like, okay. I'm a filmmaker or I'm a director. Like, was it this one or do you feel like it was something before this? Uh, I'm still waiting for it. So we'll okay. see. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, what no, do you but... mean? You're, you are a director. <laughs> what do you mean? Um, I, I think it's it's kind of funny because, I mean, we were young, me and Uftar, like, I mean, our parents weren't like, I'm sure every Albanian can relate to, like, they love us, <laughs> care about us, but like, you know, they don't want us to be like filmmakers. They're like, well, what the hell is that? It wasn't until I went to college that they probably took it seriously for me. Me and Luftar probably, actually, if you think about it, we like, it's kind of embarrassing to say, but we would make like stupid little like videos at the house and like music videos and like dumb little things, which we have made sure nobody will ever see. <laughs> yeah. uh, but which which music videos? I just want to know, like, which, which artists? No, I don't, I don't remember. We were just like, we were like 15, like, you know, just doing stupid stuff. But honestly, that was kind of like what opened up the editing thing at the time. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. You can like manipulate these videos. And, and that's kind of like what started as a passion. And me and Luftar kind of like both knew we wanted to get into the arts. I don't, I don't think you really know if you're going to be a director, editor, producer. And I think in our industry, you kind of never really know. Like you can jump around. You wear a lot of hats a lot of times. 
uh, and, you know, and eventually we ended up, uh, we worked, uh, you, he went away to college and then I went away to college and then we kind of like did our own thing for a little bit. I got introduced to documentaries more in college. Uh, I was doing a lot of kind of like 60 minutes, like 2020 kind of like oh. investigative journalism stuff. Oh. Uh, but that's kind oh. of what introduced me to it. And I kind of fell in love with the process a little bit. At my school hosted like a presidential debate at the time. This was like way before Trump. It was like Obama and Romney at the time. And, and that was like the first thing I really worked on, which was like a bigger scale. Uh, and then, like I said, it wasn't until I went to NFL Films and I had an internship. And when I realized like, wow, this is like something that's like, you know, I could actually like make a living off of this mm-hmm. or I can, you know, make a career. Even at the time, there's no Triumph idea, you know. Uh, and then it wasn't until Triumph, to be honest, and it's been five years now from idea till release. We didn't realize it was going to be five years, to be honest. It could have been a lot less uh, if it wasn't some, <laughs> you know, red tape that we had to go through, which we, mm-hmm. hopefully we will get into later. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, from from idea to finish, it, it was just kind of, uh, we learned a lot. I know I have, I learned a lot about not just directing, you know, because this it's just like owning a business in a way. You never really like kind of like, you don't like just clock out and go home. You, you have to constantly be on it, constantly be on your phone, constantly like with whether it's pe- shooting with people or getting rights to stuff or whatever it may be, you know, so that was it. Uh, and obviously since then we've all kind of gone our, our, our own ways and doing other projects, whether it's like small projects or bigger projects. But so it's, I think I'm sure I could speak for everybody that it's, it's definitely been a quite of an experience to like do it. Very cool. What about you, Luftar? Like what, what can you say a little bit about like uh, your journey as to um, how you got to, you know, pick a camera and, and go to school and study? Well, I remember I was probably maybe 12 years old or something, and I went to uh, Sam's Club with my dad, and I asked him, <laughs> there was this camera there, and I asked him to buy it. He's like, $500. And uh, somehow I convinced him after like a few weeks of bothering him every time he went to go buy food for her. And then uh, one day he bought it, and then basically we ended up using that camera for a bunch of terrible videos when we were kids but like that kind of like laid the seed of like us being creative and uh you know just being able to express ourselves in in uh in art so that ended up leading to Krishnik and I doing a music video like you mentioned previously but that music video was for my my English class it was actually a project so I showed it in front of everyone in my class and they all loved it everyone was like clapping and cheering i was like oh that's that's weird i thought this was terrible and i ended up like getting a hundred on that on that test but i still failed the class the point being it was, it was i think we need like, to release this video yes <laughs> yes 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 yes, yes. It was please can we need to do that we scrubbed we scrubbed it we a time capsule yeah. will only be released if we ever make a huge hollywood directing film yeah, it, yeah, it'll be in our like uh what do you call it? Our autobiography. Mm-hmm. There you go. It'll actually Sunday. play during my in memoriam at the Oscars. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was kind of like that kind of gave him a little more confidence to be like, oh, this is something you can really you could really do and kind of pursue. So I ended up going to school for something completely different, which was uh, to be uh, uh, an audio engineer. But that kind of led into even more. Like Krishna said, you, you kind of jump around in all these technical aspects of film. I ended up being more on the editorial side. So I would edit sound and edit video. And basically, I went down the route of where, whereas Krishna and Charlie are more in the, this went down more the sports realm and the, the live realm. I went more towards fiction and uh, like television and, and, 
and feature films. Would you say that uh, the three of you coming together was like you brought in different pieces into, you know, the documentary? That we touched on it a little earlier. It was, uh, I think we all kind of needed each other. Uh, like I said, we can all kind of do each other's jobs. Like uh, it's it just like, you know, I can edit and Charlie can edit, but we kind of found each one of us had strengths in certain departments. So it kind of like helped kind of put it together. Uh, you know, even like, it depends. Like when we were shooting, it was like a different kind of, experience and then when we went to post-production it was different and then we went to like the whole legal aspect of stuff it was a little different that we all kind of like had different roles i mean okay for example when we were shooting we were just like i was like the front line i would go and like bother everybody and like be like we got to get an interview we got to get this we got to get that and then i would like make sure charlie's ready and charlie had the camera and i'd be like charlie, come on we're ready we're ready and then charlie would come and then we'd do the interview and you have to start in the back with the computers and trying to make sure all the stuff we did just going back in so it was like uh, it was we we tried our best. It was a very small production. I mean, when we were together in Albania, we were like four or five of us uh, with our driver, I think six. But we wanted to make sure that it didn't look that way because we knew the audience was going to be like, oh, well, you know, it was really tough for them or this like that. Like, they're not going to be forgiving. They're either going to like it or hate it. And that's something that we like pushed ourselves while we were making it. And I, like I said, me and Luxa were probably kind of learning a lot more at the time. And Charlie was a big help in that aspect for me. Uh, he, uh, he, he definitely pushed me a lot to push my boundaries of, especially when, you know, it's kind of like an uncomfortable feeling when you're bothering these athletes or people. Uh, but you, you know, it's one of those things where in that moment, people aren't really, uh, you know, they don't, they're not thinking like, Oh, maybe this will be forever in history. Like they're only thinking about that moment. They're thinking about that game or thinking whatever, and then they forget. So it's kind of just like kind of forcing them to like see your vision and then, uh, hopefully, you know, they, they're like grateful that you did that at the time. They were probably like really annoyed by you, but, mm -hmm. but afterwards, like I know Lorik, for example, is like a huge fan of the film. Uh, not that he, he was super willing to do stuff at the time, but I'm sure now he, he was, he's a lot, he like, he sees it differently too, you know, and he's a lot more supportive now than he was even during the process before mm -hmm. he was like, yeah, I'll do this and I'll go. And now he's always asking what's going on and, and sharing it or supporting it. Or, you know, he went to like so many screenings with with us all over the world uh you know still did so so yeah that's kind of a quick glimpse into so it. did it feel like uh, you were part of something special like before and like while fil filming uh it did it did uh there was a lot of things that would per push us and make us feel like what we were doing was a waste of time uh and i think that was discouraging uh not our team it's tough i mean what when you <laughs> it's not it's like when you have you have to just deal with a lot of, a lot of things. I mean, you, you there's a lot of people that are involved. You, you know, we're not just, it's a little different. Like if you're doing, if I've been doing a documentary on a subject, one person, like let's say yourself, I probably just need to get your permission to come and, and you know, then if you're okay with it, then we'll bring people and then, you know, slowly, mm -hmm. hopefully you'll open, you'll open up yeah. when you're dealing with like such a big scope, we're dealing with like, basically, I wouldn't even want to say a, a national team. We're dealing with like a whole people, you know, mm -hmm. it was like us four against Albania. Like yeah. that's how it yeah. felt all yeah. the time. And we, but, you know, we knew like it was going to be tough. Uh, I, I mean, I think the first, I mean, I went a, a lot of times before and I went a lot of times after, even without the crew for a lot of things for the movie. Uh, but during production wise, we, like, I think the first like four days, like we didn't even shoot with the team and Charlie would joke around all the time and say, oh, we're going to make a great travel documentary one day with, from, with all this footage, you know? And, and but we, we had a great- Beautiful out in Albania. Yeah. <laughs> One of the obstacles that we dealt with too is dealing with a team that um, coach a team players that have never worn a mic. You know, they're not used to this kind of access, and especially from, you know, an American and 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 these guys like who coming from America. It's not like we're 
we just rolled up in their backyard and they know us, uh, they have no idea who we are. And to build that trust kind of overnight is really difficult. And that's that's one of the things I was trying to convey to Kreshnik and, and Luftar was it's easy to go put a microphone on, I'm not going to say Bill Belichick, but like, Tom Brady. <laughs> he's not the easiest, <laughs> but uh, you know, an, an NFL quarterback or an NFL coach, cause they're used to it. And they know that if they say something out of context or bad, that we're there to protect them. We're there to protect the brand. These guys don't know that they have no idea. They barely even know our names. So to build that trust is the most important step in creating uh, the documentary. Mm-hmm. No, you're good. I was just saying, I was agreeing because as we know, you know, being Albanians, they are very particular about their pride and how they're represented. So I could see the difficulty there of them, you know, exposing their life or exposing their selves in, you know, a movie sense. To pick up on what Charlie said, you, we even like visually how we presented ourselves to the team, to the federation, to the coaches, uh, like we... Like, you know, I think having that balance of like, you know, we were pretty American, but we also were pretty Albanian. So we had like a perfect like strike. Like if we were like two Albanians, they would have not took us seriously. But if we were too American, they wouldn't have trusted us. So it was like trying to find that like perfect balance of like, of like, okay, we can trust these guys. And they're also like professional or, or whatnot. And that was the beginning. And obviously when they see you for like two years, like after a while, they're just like, Hey, there's Krishnik and there's Charlie. Uh, where's the where's the sound guy or like you know they like knew us and it was you kind of become a part of the team and it's like uh we just became like an extension afterwards and uh you know there's good things and bad things about that because you're just constantly there uh we're obviously not getting paid or anything like that so it took a lot of our time but uh i mean i'm I'm hoping that you know when people do watch the movie and they see it uh, or someone who hasn't seen the movie yet uh like we really put our like blood sweat and tears into this and we wanted to make sure like uh, you know, no matter how long it took for it to get done, whether it was, I mean, I wish it was shorter time, but it took five years that we knew that it can last like a lifetime. So that's really what we wanted. We wanted to like make sure it was perfect. And, and we tried our best in doing that. And hopefully people enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, there was a particular focus on like a few players. Um, can, you, can you talk a little bit about that as to like why they were specifically picked? When you're doing a doc, you try to plan as much as you can. You obviously can't control Who's going to, like, I, I, we could write before we went, we wrote, like, oh, we'll interview Lorik, and here are the talking points that we knew about him. Here, here's uh, Jaka, here's uh, Dibiase, and here's all these people. So, like, you know, I can give you an example of, like, things we tried, and then they worked, and we're like, great, Lorik was that perfect example. We tried, and we did research, we watched his interviews, and he was not only what we expected, he was a million times better. So, like, everything you see mm-hmm. with Lorik is, is real. Like, he's okay. super down-to-earth, super open, super smart. Uh, and we, he was able to kind of convey the story that we needed through his voice. Yeah. And, and we, and so we kind of really sat him down uh, and, and, and did a lot of interviews with him. So he kind of like laid the foundation. And then we obviously needed a little bit of taste and we did Diviasi. Uh, we actually did, didn't do that many interviews with him, but he kind of came out really well in the film through other ways. So that, that helped out. And somebody we didn't even know who he was until we got there was uh, Paolo Tramazzani, which is the coach with the long hair, the, the Fabio looking guy, like very, <laughs> very good looking Italian guy. And he was, we didn't know who he was. And then we saw he was leading the practices and we're like, okay, we need, Charlie was actually the one. He said, we need to interview that guy. And because Charlie was shooting with him at practice all the time. He had a microphone on. Because uh, in our in our heads, we thought DiBiase led the practices and it was him. So that was one thing where we just kind of took DiBiase's questions, threw them on Paolo. Mm-hmm. And then we just, obviously we didn't decide what was going to be in until the edit. And then I think did a lot of other players too. Some players didn't want to talk to us, which is fine. 
Uh, and then I think Duftar can speak more on like how we decided what we did on the edit and how to streamline it. We spent about a year before we even filmed anything, and we I think we had five people that were like our main characters, and it was uh, obviously Loritana, and he ended up being the best, of course. And we also had on there Mergi Mavrai, Gianni DiBiazzi, yeah. I think Paolo Tramazzani was on there too, and Talant Jaka. So out of every, everybody we thought were going to be our main characters, only one, one wasn't. So I think we did a pretty good job of uh, just kind of knowing these people before we even jumped in. Yeah, that, that kind of just led into us having a little more preparedness of what we were going to do when we actually interviewed them. And we interviewed them multiple times. So what would happen was the first interview, we would go back and watch, and then we would build questions for the second interview based off the first interview. So if there was something interesting that he kind of led led onto, we would bring it up the next interview, and then we would tie it all in together with like footage from history or mm-hmm. or or the game or yeah. like like for instance for Mergi Mavrai, he had this whole backstory of his father, and like when we found that out, we're like, okay, you need to tell this story, and mm-hmm. then it was about figuring out how to use all the footage from the games and his uh interview to kind of tell that whole story within one game so there there, there's like a lot of mini stories that kind of go into the whole main narrative so that that was kind of our our goal is to kind of basically tie off every end of everyone's story one of the things when you asked about how it first got started and stuff that one of the things I, i was just remembering is that uh is that Kreshnik, you know, I, I had seen him at NFL films and stuff and I, and I had left and I went on to, I was working on a, a series on Snoop Dogg and his son. And he, and Kreshnik calls me up and he's like, Hey, uh, we're thinking of doing this, uh, this documentary. Like at, at the time it was pretty much a short, like we, we were just going to do the rematch and then we continued following it longer. And he's like, um, you know, I was wondering if, uh, you know, we could kind of put together your reel and try to try to raise some money and and uh, you know if you wanted to help us and uh, and and you know there's no money involved. It's like we're there. You know, we're we're gonna give you a couple pieces. Of, we'll get you a couple slices of pizza and maybe some water. <laughs> and uh, you're gonna pack. All, you're gonna pack. You're gonna pack up all your uh, your expensive camera equipment and we're gonna fly to Albania and and shoot for two weeks. And with the promise of nothing. And yeah. I was like, and so I'm like, no, I think, yeah, I think okay. I think, I think, we, I think we told you we were going to, I think we told you we were going to pay you, but yeah, we lied. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, it, but sometimes, you know, in life you, you, you got to take, you know, you have to take a chance here and there. Yeah. Um, you got to figure, you got to, you got to take a, uh, you got to take a risk mm-hmm. and it's all risk reward and trusting that people I've taken a couple other risks and uh, they didn't pan out as good. Um, um, but you know, it's trusting in the people and, and I knew, um, you know, I knew Kreshnik had a, had a good head in his shoulders and he was, he, sh- he showed a tremendous amount of, of drive and motivation. And I was like, all right, let's, let's see what happens. And, and, uh, it, you know, I think it turned out to be a really, a really good film. So 
how how was that culture shock for you when you first arrived there? Like, what what are some of your first thoughts if you remember them? And and did you have any contact with like dealing with like the Albanian government? Was that something where you guys had to get clearance in order to to do something like this, or not really? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, for, for me, I mean, real quick that. I wouldn't say I had much culture shock. I mean, I've been out of the country. Uh, I mean, I've been to Italy, Italy and Greece, which are somewhat similar, I guess. You know, it's Mediterranean. It's it's somewhat similar to Albania. Um, mm-hmm. So it wasn't really like uh, you know you drop me in the middle of a of a desert in Africa. It wasn't that crazy, and I, I, it it wasn't that much of a shock. I don't think. Um, I. The people, I thought the people were nice at everywhere we went was, was everywhere we went was, um, was, uh, you know, it was beautiful. The food was fantastic. The wine was great. <laughs> I, I thought it was awesome. I, I, I wish, I, I wish we had a chance, or at least I wish I had a chance to go down to some of the islands to explore some of the, uh, mm-hmm. where, those are down South, right? Crush yeah, yeah. the islands down South. Yeah. I wish I would have had a chance to go down there, but maybe next time. Yeah. Next time for sure. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, but working with the government was another story. I like Crushy. I like Crushy took the lead on that. that. Well, we we didn't have to, <laughs> uh, we didn't have to deal with with the government. Uh, I I mean, it's really hard to like kind of tell our, the story of Triumph because there's just so many layers. I mean, there's the production side of how we made it. There's the fundraising side in the beginning of getting money, and then like I said, there's the whole legal side, and that includes obviously even after we made the film, like you know, we couldn't release it uh, because of uh, contracts and and uh, you know as you see in the film we have I think even like 30 minutes of like uh, FIFA and UEFA footage and like you know that stuff's not free we can't just like use it you know so mm-hmm. like you know maybe like in a bad sense like me and Uftar were like let's just make the best film possible and then we'll figure oh. it out after mm-hmm. uh, but we, we kind of had to because we didn't really know what we can or can't do I mean there was really a point after we made this film that we were just like this may never come out ever you know whatever maybe we'll go to some festivals maybe we'll be able to do it and, and, you know, that kind of hurt us as uh, filmmakers because we put so much work into this. But, but you know, we uh, we never gave up. We, we kept pushing. Uh, and then, thankfully, we, we long story short, like we got all that uh, done. But, uh, I mean, like I said, there's it's a kind of like a broad question, but, like, to uh, make it specific, it, it, I don't, I don't want to, like, badmouth, like, for example, the Albanian Federation or, like, the government or people like that. But, I mean, I think it's, it's very tough, like Charlie said, when you're going there and nobody knows what you're doing you know like they can see like how do you distinguish yourself different from the tv reporter that's there to try to like you know politicize uh like you know a a moment you know so we knew like we had this barrier uh that we had to go through and it was a a constant battle there's sometimes that uh they got in our way and and we ended up missing something that we could have got uh unfortunately we didn't uh there's Mm -hmm. some stuff that we wanted to do more for example our plan all along was to have mike up the coaches uh during the game of the serbia rematch and record it and shoot it and that never mm-hmm. happened uh, and and that was unfortunate because we knew that could have came out great but yeah uh, but then there's other also you got to look at it another way where if they uh if they didn't trust us a little bit we never would have been able to get in and do anything so it's you know it's kind of like a push and pull a little bit thing so so you know there's moments where i i thank them and i'm grateful to them and then there's moments where i'm just like damn it <laughs> you know so uh but it, it's it's a like i said it's a tough kind of uh but i think that's with any uh filmmaking process uh you know I'm working on a new film now and and i see that there's challenges with that too and i think 
we were a little bit younger at the time, so we got a little more frustrated. I think uh, getting older now, you kind of realize how to how to learn. Uh, I, I think a good point uh, that comes to mind since like we have Charlie on. I remember uh, I was trying to get one of the players like to interview me uh, to do the interview, and he just wouldn't do it. Uh, he would just constantly like say he would, and then change his mind. And I was getting really frustrated, and and Charlie was telling me, you know, he was just like, like, why are you fighting like the story? Like you're spending so much time trying to get this guy when you can be focusing on this guy who's willing to tell you something, you know? Yeah. And I think that's like a way, like a moment where I, during the production, I shifted my focus and, and, you know, I guess I, that's something like I even use to this day. And I just focus on where, wherever it, sometimes the story takes you places that you don't expect and just kind of roll with it. So, yeah. Yeah. Would you say that that's probably one of the most difficult times while shooting where you would get these stops or these blocks where you knew there's something, you know, there was a, an amazing story to, to be told there, but it's just, just wouldn't happen, I guess. Yeah, it, it was tough. I mean, th- there was there was stuff that like we missed that we ended up like thankfully like you know we were covering a topic that uh, a lot of other people were covering. Like for example, we wanted to shoot a lot of the games. Uh, some stuff was because of uh, financially we couldn't be there, but the, the games that we could be there we couldn't shoot for whether UEFA wouldn't let us or the team wouldn't let us or whatever oh. happens. But thankfully. Uh, those people, uh, like I said, we were able to like get the broadcast. Uh, okay. So we were able to show that story, which mm-hmm. still helped. You know, imagine like nobody shot the game, then it's like, how are we gonna like yeah. do it? You know? That was actually uh, but, a question of mine yeah. in my head. I was as I was watching the movie, I'm like, dude, did they like get? Did they record this footage, the footage themselves, or did they get it from like the broadcast? Because no, we, like, we got it. We got, it from, well, we got that's it. most of the games are broadcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, which makes sense was, uh, which makes sense that, yeah. um that that serbia game that was our final day yeah so uh, we we went to albania i think two or three times but uh on uh, that was the serbia rematch was the the final day of our shoot before we had back home so you know that's our big moment to kind of capture everything you we know we need for that big part of the story is you know the rematch mm-hmm. and yeah. we we just kind of had to deal with um, a lot of the politics, unfortunately, which was, you know, you had all this security outside the game. You know, they wouldn't give they wouldn't give us tickets to get inside the stadium. Wow! And then we finally made it into the stadium right before the game. Then they kick us off the field because we're not allowed to film. Wow. There, there was like a lot of um, there was a lot of um, unfortunate things that happened that kind of dampened our spirits because we were so convinced that we needed to film everything in that game but Mm -hmm. in a a funny way we we were filming a lot of like of these like watch parties of people in different cities like the people outside the stadium people in tirana people in new york all these albanians all Mm -hmm. over the globe and that kind of actually ended up being the basis of that part of the storyline it's like we're we're focusing on the people around the world and the game when we cut to the game footage, it was just, you know, the regular broadcast footage from FIFA. Mm-hmm. And it was like secondary whole... to whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it became yeah. like that, that footage became secondary to the actual like mm-hmm. emotional aspect, emotional, which we yeah. ended, ended up ca- capturing. Mm-hmm. So we were frustrated in the moment. You know, we got, you know, we got kicked off the field and then like it was raining. We were oh, like, yeah, that oh, awesome. that sucks. Then, then we're like, it's, it's halftime and we're just like, all right, let's leave. So we left, and uh, on, on on the road back, 
Oh, we also lost our driver that night too. He yeah, yeah, we did lose our driver that night. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> so like, like what what can go wrong did go wrong, and we were we were just like all depressed and just sitting in the back of a taxi on the way back to Tirana. We're like, what did we do? What a mistake what this here? was. What are we doing? Here? <laughs> yeah, what are we doing here? And then you know we, we made our way back to uh, New York. And we started putting putting all the footage together and we're like oh there's actually something here mm. and then that like because when we f- first started filming we only had enough money to film for like a week and a half because like every day costs money you got to pay the sound guy you got to pay uh the camera guy but fortunately Char- charlie was our camera guy so we didn't pay him we saved money there but haha <laughs> <laughs> um, charlie <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm laughing. I laugh every day. <laughs> but uh, it was um, it was it was like um, you. Although there's a lot of like stuff that can put you down, it's there's uh, there's stuff that you know. Oh, you got to always look at the brighter side of the things that happen. Yeah, for sure. The stuff the stuff that we did uh, shoot though, and one of the one of the important things and. Kreshnik touched on this a little bit about being um, such a small crew. I mean, the, we're a shell of a crew compared to other productions for other other documentaries and stuff. I mean, it's it really is. Um, it's definitely a positive more than a negative, I think, because you can you can pivot on a dime if something if something happens and you want to change direction or you want to change this or whatever it it, it doesn't take very long to steer the ship um and also it's it's not as distracting to the team who already isn't used to you know camera crews being there um i remember one time this this guy you know they they cleared off uh it was before a game and they, they cleared off all the media and uh and they, they, who, who saved us? I forget. Duca, Duca, the, the president. Oh uh, yeah, Duca. That's right, Duca. Yeah. So uh, he, he was like, "No, they're with us. They stay." And everyone else was booted. All the local Albanian guys, and and they were, they, and they. When, when when that happened, I was like, "Wow, these guys really, they really trust us. We're really mm-hmm. part of the group." Yeah. And it's good to be that small, integral mm-hmm. group. They always see the same faces. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've done a few documentaries with celebrity type people and stuff. And that's the big, that's really the the biggest aspect of it. It's not what camera you shoot on. It's not what, you know, lenses you have. It's the trust that you build with the, uh, the, the person or the team. And it's, um, it's the FaceTime, you know, it's, it's, it's the relationship. That's, that's how you, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's very important. Uh, what would you say was your favorite scene in Triumph, Charlie? Uh, <laughs> my favorite scene? <laughs> Charlie has yet to see it. No, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a tough I, question. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, believe it or not, I kind I really like kind of like the endings, the end, the end of it, the way it's all wrapped up and you see how the players kind of have some players moved on. The coach moved on. I, I just, I just remember it. I don't know. It's kind of weird, but uh, I just yeah. enjoyed it. It was a nice, it was a nice wrap up to all the time that we spent out there and filming on the beach. And 
I don't know. I just like the way it wrapped up. Like a like a nice continuation of like what's to come. Like it wasn't really like a yeah. true conclusion to something, but more of like stay tuned kind of thing. We're happy. You We're guys very open. Yeah. yeah, we kind of we kind of left it open, but there's unfortunately there's no sequel. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> everyone went on Not their separate us. ways. <laughs> <laughs> but what about with the Kosovo national team? Like nothing will be, you know, uh, recorded for that. <laughs> not from our side, at least I know that. Okay. I, th- I think I think I've, I've I think this was a, a one time only uh, sports doc in the Balkans for for me at least. Oh, I think, wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think if you want to like kind of like an all on a serious note, if you want to kind of connect it to like the Kosovo team, like uh like I actually you know I have some friends now like some of the players that went over there that we're friends with that are on that team. Uh, I mean we. What was special about this team was uh, we knew like Kosovo could win like a World Cup tomorrow. Like we don't know, and that's great. Uh, but we knew like this was for us. We, this team represented like Albanians being together for the first time, no matter where they're from. Yeah. So, yeah. Albania, Switzerland, Germany doesn't matter. Like, and that's kind of what that represented. And and we weren't saying like, oh, now they're separated again or whatever. Like we kind of just wanted that to be open to to people's perception like we what we didn't want to tell people how you should feel we just kind of laid down the facts of mm-hmm. what happened in sense you know and that changed a lot because you know we had so many different ending versions of the movie because we didn't know when the movie was going to be finally released so it wasn't probably until like i don't know when 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 did we, did we like lock the cut two months ago Niftar, that we knew the final like title slates you know so they changed well, a lot since you know i mean for 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 the most part like the movie was edited and mostly done like by early 2018 so for a couple of years it's been 98 percent done but there's mm. all these little things that kind of uh take up way too much time than they should mm-hmm. like the you know titles and slates and credits and all music the legal and... stuff and music and um color so, and all that. color yeah there's all these like uh all these very time consuming expensive parts of uh editing that kind of took longer than expected well not necessarily more than expected but it just it just needed the time to to cook mm-hmm. um and uh you know it, it, during that time we were also trying to figure out how to actually get this released because because we were you know going back to the you know the legal stuff we had to deal with legal with the albanian federation which was just one entity luckily we didn't have to work with the government but we also had to deal with uh, UEFA, so we had yeah, and slash that was the biggest so challenge. These, yeah. yeah, these two massive entities that we have to deal with, who have their own legal teams, their own paperwork, their own costs associated with get, get, getting everything done, and we were like, there was a point where we're like, man, what do we get ourselves into? Because, <laughs> Because like we obviously didn't prepare yeah. m- much on the legal end. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a, yeah. a, a a a friend of ours who's a, a lawyer help like get uh, a certain amount of contracts for us done. But uh, I I think a lot of people don't realize just how many contracts go into mm. making sure you can release a film. Yeah. Um, because it's not like you can just go film somebody and then just go. Oh, put it up on uh, Amazon and it's all good. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, you know, you have to lay a foundation of paperwork that 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 says your production is legal. Yeah. So we, uh, we, that, yeah. That, that was like a big uh, that was a big headache. But once we finally cleared cleared that out, it was like, oh, I guess we're on the way. Yeah, and and I think it, it was funny because we 
we we got the film done uh i think like Luftar said the first time we actually ever showed it was three years ago mm-hmm. in, in new york uh and we we it was even, the film is actually a little different since then too uh it was actually exactly three years ago it was memorial day weekend and we after that we were just like all right well let's uh maybe try to put this in festivals because uh, let's see if people like it, you know? And luckily we got into some festivals. We premiered at Warsaw Film Festival, which is a, a like, you know, top 10 in Europe, which was great. And that was a pretty cool experience for, for me and Uftar. Charlie was there in spirit. Uh, and we, we ended up, uh, yeah, we started there. And then we ended up making, after we were there, we ended up making some other festivals. But it's after, as this was happening, we were in the back end. Uh, Uftar was trying to get the music done we've got a composer so all the music in the film is all original like we okay. own that music somebody yeah. composed it all uh yeah it's, wow. it's composed okay. it's his name's aldo schlock who is a composer in la he's worked on some big feature films and awesome. he did all the music so uh, you can actually yeah, find albanian, the music albanian, on, on so spotify we... yeah he's an albanian guy too uh you can find that is the, the soundtrack on spotify so you know but originally we had like temporary music and then he was able to kind of you know that I think that elevated the film to another level. Uh, mm-hmm. At least for me, when I watch it, I think the music is probably like my my, my favorite part too because I think it really just like elevates yeah. the storytelling of what we, we wanted it to tell. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. And 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 it's great to know that like you know those are like our songs. Like you don't you never heard those anywhere else but there. And I think that that was also pretty cool for us to like make sure. And that stuff takes time, you know. And then getting the legal aspect done. Yeah. Uh, some people either worked for free or worked for very cheap because of the project. Uh, like Aldo was one of those guys. Um, and and then I, uh, after, you know, this was done, I went to Albania probably uh, six or seven times since production wrapped to get legal stuff done. First, I started with the ground up of like local TV stations and whatever footage we used. Uh, and then, you know, we, uh, you know, thankfully got some like investors on board eventually where we were able to like pay for like the bigger stuff like ESPN, CNN. Um, and then obviously after that UEFA and, uh, and you know, that with, and with the team. So, it was a two-year process. We were doing festivals and legal stuff at the same time. So even though the film was done, it just that was probably the most discouraging time because we were just like, oh, we want to see this, and people that would see it, they would like it. But it's like, no matter what, it's not gonna like be substantial until we can release it to the masses. Yeah. Uh, and and it wasn't until uh, probably uh, this past November that we were able to like officially say like we can do whatever we want with this movie now. It's our movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was kind of like we were babysitting this movie for like four years until like <laughs> last year. And we finally yeah. were able to like say, oh, this is ours. Thanks for the custody. We appreciate it. And we'd get, we'd get a bunch of face, we'd get a bunch, bunch of Facebook uh, and Instagram messages. Emails, yeah. Like, yeah. When are you releasing the movie? Like from people all over the world too. Yeah. Was, mm-hmm. Which was encouraging, Australia but also like discouraging. Norway. Yeah. And we're like, yeah. man, I, I wish I could just, you know, hit, hit the send button right now but yeah so when so when making it like that was kind of in mind was for the world audience of albanians would you say or was it more so in mind making it for like people in albania or more so for immigrants outside you know what i mean all the albanians outside i i I think we did a combination of all those like like we we, uh, like originally we were like i think because we looked at ourselves like Albanians uh, of the diaspora, like any Albanian outside, like how would they feel about this? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's why that, that was kind of like a huge driving factor from the beginning for us was like, oh, we're just two Albanians who were born and raised in America. What can we do to tell this story and like to bring it to other Albanians that are outside of Albania? So, yeah. 
You I think the encouraging thing too is seeing like our like first, you know, you when you first do something, like the first people that probably saw it were non-Albanians, which was like our industry friends, like uh, mm-hmm. fellow filmmakers, uh, mm-hmm. you know, American friends, uh, and then seeing those people kind of say like, "Yo, this is really good," and like, "I'm interested in this story." So like, that was always our reach is like. Yeah. get that guy on the street who doesn't know anything because those mm-hmm. people they're going to be there and they're going to like hopefully watch it as long as they know about it they'll at least be intrigued enough to like give it a look but like let's get someone interested in not the albanian story not the you know but in a good story in general and i think that's was always going to be our factor and we really tried doing that as much as we could and charlie was a big help in that as well to make yeah. sure kind of have that like neutral mm-hmm. eye to like make sure we're like not telling like, a biased story so yeah i could definitely sense that in the movie as well like you know, me being mostly American raised, I feel like I, you know, obviously I'm Albanian, but sometimes I feel disconnected to like Albanian culture because of being here for so long. Um, But like in the movie, I could sense that like you were trying to bring in both cultures in a sense, like you had that one guy who would tell the background and the story in that English language and kind of get people to know what it's about. And then you had the actual players and all that tell their side of the story. So I liked how you connected those two together. Thank you. We appreciate it. And, and also, you know, there was a scene, I think, with the Albanian uh, immigrants that were living outside of the U.S., I think in Europe, that they were visiting Albania to meet the players and watch the game. <laughs> and, you know, that touched me so much. Like, that was a moment in the film where I just literally, like, I was, you know, like, I put my, like, back to the sofa. You know, and I was just like, wow. Like, it hit me. It's like, that's kind of like who I am. You know what I mean? Like, no matter how much I think that I'm Albanian, I, I came here when I was like nine or 10. At the end of the day, like when I go back, I'm not that anymore. You know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. this beautiful mixture now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like that was, that connected to me uh, in, on a different level. Uh, so I mean, you, you touched on many different, you know, I think for us, for, well, I mean, if, if you want to hear the story of that scene, it's it's probably like one of the best ones we have. Uh, I mean, we, we there's a lot of stories you could probably ask us, like how did this scene kind of come about? But with that was we were uh, uh, we were at practice there, hanging out outside. Charlie was drinking his uh, 20 pounds of coffee a day, and we didn't uh, know <laughs> we didn't we didn't know anything going on, and we ended up uh, just hearing these guys like we've been there for like six seven days now and we don't you know we haven't heard really any english and we hear these guys speaking english and we're just like who are these like these like you know middle-aged like albanian men you know like you could tell like they look like your uncle or something you know and and we had like you know he had the camera next to them like we weren't shooting or anything and they start coming they're like hey like where are you guys from and then they have this like, huge sign that says like Kordabi, new york so we're like oh my god here we go new yorkers you know and we ended up <laughs> talking to them a little bit and they're like oh we're here to see loric we're like how do you guys know they're like oh we this guy knows this guy and like he let us in and I've never met him. And we're like, Oh my God, how's this happening to us? Like get the camera. And then like Lorik's inside at the like restaurant. So like all that stuff that you saw was all real. We actually were just interviewing them, like asking them, like, why are you here? Like, who do you know? Blah, blah. And then Lorik kind of unannounced just comes on behind us. And then we just kind of like stepped back and we're like, let it happen. You know? And that's was pretty much everything you saw there. And then, you know, kudos to Charlie because, uh, we were kind of like scrambling to get all these different stories from all these men. And then uh, Charlie, uh, I don't know, is Charlie still on? I don't know if he's here. Uh, Charlie? I'm here. Okay, there you go. And then Charlie yeah. can kind of tell you the story of how he kind of saw him and the whole moment with his wife. And that was, you know, we didn't even know about that until after because it was just uh-huh. like all of us trying to get something. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I just saw him. He kind of looked just emotional and stuff, and and uh, um, I just was asking him like, what, 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 what are you crying about? Like, what? <laughs> Pull yourself together, you know. I <laughs> know <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I <laughs> know he's like, oh, I'm just emotional and this and that, and he's like, you know, he's. He's like, I was on my, I was on the phone with my wife and I was like, well, you know, I'm just trying to get things out of him. It was, you know, it wasn't anything, it wasn't like magic, but it was, it, it turned out to be a nice, uh, it definitely turned out to be a nice moment, but it, you know, it was just trying to get him to, to speak on his, on how he was feeling emotionally and just try to coax it out of him. Um, yeah. And that, but that, yeah, I, actually, I changed my mind. That is my that's my favorite. That scene is like kind of where uh, Charlie's experience uh, basically sh- shown through was like, oh, that's why he's good at what he does. Because once he once he understood people were talking English, he's like, oh, I can I can get him to open up this way or what whatnot. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's a big uh, that's a, that's a huge obstacle to <laughs> when you're filming like the, i remember the first couple of days we put a microphone on uh on a, on the coach and then you know we noticed the other coach is talking i don't know what he's saying i'm like dude i don't know what that guy's saying but yeah. we gotta th- we gotta slap a mic on yeah. he's, Charlie, he's talking what's he, saying? what's he saying i'm like oh and I'm yeah. like, i grab the, i grab the headphones and i'm listening and i'm like waiting like a minute and i'm like he's speaking to time i think i have no idea what the hell he's saying so we had none of us yeah. had any idea what was going on. Yeah, literally, we were just like. So we had our, our... I remember you were, you were like uh, you were recording and you stepped away from the camera and you you came and looked at me and you were just like, <laughs> I have no clue what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, we we did get a translator though to kind of to it was translating like real time basically uh, as they're speaking in Italian, oh, telling me, okay. okay, he's he's talking about uh, the footwork and it's like, okay, cool. Now I can know what cutaways to shoot Mm -hmm. because otherwise you can't just shoot, uh, uh, you know, the same, you kind of have to know what they're talking about to get the cutaways and the B roll and all that kind of stuff. So that part was definitely challenging. And then I hear these, these guys from New York talking English. I was like, Oh my God. I'm like, what, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk to these guys. Yeah. Yeah. It was a relief. Yeah, we, yeah, it was a relief. We, we definitely, it's funny because we, we wanted to, we went out there. Like if you, at, when we're in the edit, we, me and Ostar had, the, had this like huge, like big board and like note cards of like different themes that we wanted to talk about, like Kosovo War and all this other stuff. And then fans was like a big one. And going out there, we we're like, okay, different ideas. Like we went and interviewed like a bunch of fans on the street and we didn't know exactly what, like if we we're going to use that stuff, which never got used. And then obviously this thing happens to us and we're like, well, there it is. There's our fans moment, which was basically not so much like fans, but more like, you know, it, it kind of like at least nostalgia. To me, uh, exactly. It showed, it showed to me like, like, you know, like we always talk about our tagline, like more than a game, you know, that can mean anything. And like, that was like the po- epitome of like, why does this mean so much to these people? Like what, most of these people probably don't even like watch soccer, you know, like why do they care about the soccer team so much? And like, that was like a perfect epitome and the guy saying that, you know, he left the country, uh, he's got kids and he's got another life now, but like, you know, they still are always going to be connected. And like, mm-hmm. and that's like, I think was the, and having them kind of like show that and like work was like that connection for them in a way. Uh, it was kind of like a perfect fit for like whatever we wanted to like portray mm-hmm. 
Uh, and maybe that's why you felt that way. Like we wanted like the audience, uh, even if you're not Albanian, but just to kind of like really understand yeah. these people. And I think that was like, you know, a very humanizing moment. So mm -hmm. absolutely. There was a stillness in that moment, I think, in this like very transparent way in like the way that you captured that moment. It was just so raw, you know, um, what, what has, what feedback have you heard? Like, how would you think you've if, if in, uh, influenced other men and women who maybe like look up to you now? Look up to us. Whoa. Uh, yeah. I, don't know if, I don't know if you're looking <laughs> up to us. Um, honestly, like, you know, we don't, we don't view ourselves like that. I mean, uh, for us, like, you know, we, we kind of just, uh, as filmmakers, I think we try to like, you know, show part of the story. Uh, I think it was uh, Luftar's friend that once told him this. Uh, you could tell something about how, like, the, like the best thing about the film that we made is that, like, if we didn't tell the story, nobody probably would have, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, I think that was something that he told me that somebody told him once, right? And then I think that that's something that kind of stuck with me too. Is like, is, is is like, you know, it's people like I guess look up to us in that way. Like I guess it's just, you know, finding. Uh, <laughs> something you're passionate about and, 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 and like, you know, pushing through no matter what and trying to persevere. Uh, uh, I mean, we, we knew it was going to take a long time and uh, we definitely took our time with it for whether some stuff was our decision, some stuff wasn't. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, like we said, we wanted some people to be proud of it and hopefully like people's kids, kids can watch this film. And I, and I think that's something that we wanted to like portray that we all kind of like lived in this one moment, like us Albanians, especially in America and, and like to kind of like relive it in a way and, and really mm -hmm. show those emotions. So, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to hope, I hope uh, that we kind of did that. Uh, we've only been out now, I think, for two weeks exactly that we released the film uh, mm -hmm. on uh, all the different platforms. So yeah. to be honest, we I don't think we knew what we were going to expect. Uh, we've mm -hmm. shown it many times, so it wasn't like a crazy, like, like oh, my God, we're going to release it. Like, I think we were so used to showing it. But it was nice to, like, have it out. And I think, uh, you know, seeing people post watching it at their home, uh, for me, it kind of personally, uh, I'm sure we all have different feelings. For me, it's like, damn, like, that's what we really wanted. Like, I, we did all the screenings, the festivals were cool, it was nice, uh, but, like, nothing beats the feeling of, like, here's this person who can just, like, search your movie and I'll buy it. And it's not like I have to send them, like, a private link anymore, you know? So that that's a cool feeling to know it's, like, out there and now people can either destroy it or or, or, or be happy with it. Uh, but most of it has been positive. Uh, and that's kind of also a reason why we're on this podcast. I mean, there's a lot of people that do know about it. There's also a lot of people that have no idea this movie even exists. Uh, and I think for us, it would like, you know, mean the world to us if not only people just watch it, but people tell other people to watch it because it only, uh, you know, support like what we did and make us feel kind of like uh, happy that <laughs> all the work that we put in. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. And, and what I meant by like, look up to you, I mean, like actually look up to you because you, you did take on something, you know, as a group, you took on something that was very powerful and you shared that message, but also to like other um, Albanians in our community looking to, to perhaps following your footsteps or maybe, you know, um, go after their dreams and, and find success in a way that maybe you guys have. Well, uh, we, we had a screening in New York at the end of February or sometime in February. And, uh, I mean, it was it was a great screening. Everyone loved it, and someone came up came up to me afterwards and was asking me uh, questions about what to do for her documentary. And I was like, "Oh, did I get to the point where somebody can ask me, <laughs> and I can give, you know, advice?" So it was kind of it was kind of a weird moment where I was like, "Oh, wow! It it 
it's important that you know knowledge be shared so mm. i i you know gave her a piece of advice and yeah. it was it was kind of a cool moment that's awesome so now that you did your first like real documentary and you you've been saying how difficult it has been to like start and you know the production and then the editing and getting it finally out there five years later um and now you're going into this new movie which is another documentary um so what made you decide to do like and step and do another documentary kind of in the same theme where you're in albania and you're um portraying this one guy who who had to um, get deported back to Albania. Like, what was what was the thought process in that? Well, first off, you do your research really well, so I'll give you credit <laughs> for that. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, for me, I mean, we, we've all kind of like, uh, to speak of us as a whole, like we've all kind of gone and done different projects now. Uh, for me, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't planning on doing this, to be honest. I know I wanted to do another film and, uh, but I wasn't going to do it now after we did Triumph and it was kind of like such an overbearing kind of situation. But I think just using the experience uh, that, that I learned from like the first time around, uh, especially with the legal stuff and all that, uh, I knew like if I was going to do a film, it was not going to involve any of that stuff or it was going to be a little bit more personal. Hmm. Uh, and uh, luckily I was working with this filmmaker from uh, Iceland who uh, has been experienced for, for a long time as well. And I kind of found out about the story. Uh, and it was similar. I didn't, I didn't want to make an Albanian story. I wanted to kind of just make a story about something that's relevant today. Uh, and it's yeah. something about what, ha like, you know, having to start over. That's really the story I wanted to tell. And I wanted to actually kind of write the story one day. Uh, mm -hmm. And, and uh, having him kind of like be deported and finding his story was like just a similar kind of connected it where it's like you have to start over, but it was like forced. And I uh, kind of, long story short, just reached out to him and we, uh, we went out there and shot last year and, and we shot for pretty much the past year. Uh, and actually, uh, just to kind of like summarize, it's it's uh, we're in post production now, so hopefully yeah. have the film out sometime in the fall uh, to yeah. uh, apply to some festivals, and, and we'll see. So the process is a little bit quicker, that's and fair. I think a lot of it is from learning from the first time mm -hmm. uh, with with Triumph. But uh, but yeah, that's kind of a quick summary of, of the project. So yeah, I don't know. Like when I seen that, because I seen the trailer somewhere, and I just like got goosebumps for some reason because I feel like that's a story that a lot of people have dealt with like here, you know, um, we obviously have known people who have experienced that. So it was a really deep story and not just Albanians, obviously it's been all different cultures. So I feel like a lot of people can relate to it. Yeah, for sure. And it's more, like I said, it's, it's more a story about having to uh, start everything over yeah. and instead of it being about immigration. And I think, uh, whether it's like a, a, a small move that maybe your parents made you move to another city and having mm. to like get new friends mm. and all that stuff, yeah. or it's something big like getting deported. Like, I think that's what drew me to it. And, and also I think it's just like with triumph, like it's one thing to know the story. And then the second thing is like, how are you going to tell this story? And, and, uh, you know, I don't want to make it all about this movie, but we really wanted to like make it really personal where it's, you know, it's not so much about the deporting. It's about him having to like, restart his life and you know what what does that involve going to a school yeah. or learning the language or or, or having a, a new girlfriend or, or what yeah. whatever it could be and then over time these people are either going to assimilate or or kind of just you know change or try to like leave so like i think that's kind of what drew us to the story a little bit so and whatever happens then i guess you guys are gonna have to, <laughs> wait to find out so. yeah yeah um do any of you others um have any like future um projects lined up something 
that you're working on that you want to share? Um, I have another uh, documentary that we're, is, is in the process of we're trying to sell it right now. And a it's uh, not about Albania. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> it, it, I know. It's, I know. I'm a traitor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm horrible. Um, like I said, I'm the first and most likely the last American to be on here. So. <laughs> uh, but it, 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 it's, um, and this one too was pretty much, uh, we, um, um, took a lot of the cost on our own. Um, we're trying to sell it now. It's, uh, uh, I'll tell you, it's about a race car driver who got into moving drugs to try to get his way into NASCAR mm-hmm. and was busted and did a total of 10 years in jail. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all I can tell you. <laughs> true story? <laughs> true story? Yeah. A true story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's strictly docu- documentary. Yep, yep. And and if you, there's actually a project that I was the director of photography on that is airing right now. It's called The Secret Life of Lele, Lele Pons. She's, uh, it's on um, YouTube. She's a um, influencer. She's got like, I don't know, 40 million mm. followers or so. She's big with, uh, I think, the younger kids. And she came out to all of her 40 million followers with the fact that she suffers from severe OCD, ADD, uh, severe depression, uh, and a bunch of other mm-hmm. issues that, that none of her, you know, she lives this seemingly perfect life on the small screen. Um, she puts out videos every single day and everyone thinks that she's got a great, perfect, wonderful, enviable life. And the fact of the matter is sometimes it takes her two hours to get out of the shower, mm-hmm. which is not like, not even a joke. It's like, it's, she has, um, um, issues that she deals with every day and it's it, it's really eye-opening and it, i give her a ton of credit for exposing all of her um uh, uh issues that she has in an effort to try to help other people mm-hmm. so yeah that's, you can that's see a, that on youtube right yeah, now that's a powerful one we're plugging the wrong movie, Charlie. Come on. <laughs> All right, there. We I'm have, just responding to the question. <laughs> okay, okay. okay. Um. All right, I'm, I'm going to mute myself now. <laughs> Go watch Triumph. Watch Triumph. Uh, for me, I mean, uh, I, I don't have a personal project going on like uh, these guys do, but I, I tend to work on other people's projects. Um, I f- just finished working a few months ago on uh, Spike Lee's new movie. It's coming out on Netflix on June 12th. It's called The Five Bloods. It's about a group of Vietnam War veterans who go back to uh, collect their uh, friends' remains and and this uh, treasure they buried. Um, it's a pretty cool movie. It was awesome to work with, like, someone like on that level mm-hmm. like spike lee and uh working on a big feature so that's uh coming out in a couple weeks i'm pretty stoked about that that's awesome and uh working on a new uh another project out here in la uh just from my bedroom which is the <laughs> the the normal kind of work life nowadays right but, uh, <laughs> yeah 
I spent three years editing Triumph in my bedroom, and I thought I got out of it, but now they, they sent me right back. <laughs> I can, you know, through all through all these projects, like how do you guys stay true to yourselves when you know there's so many expectations about like who you should be and like what you should uh, stand we, we for? We don't, we don't, we don't know who we are anymore. <laughs> <laughs> We've lost any semblance of personality. Yeah. Completely I mean, get that. I, I miss my personality. Yeah, he was a he was a good person. I, I like the, I like I the previous our, you better. I think our personalities are somewhere like in the beaches of near where the Albanian team was practicing. We left them there, our souls. <laughs> it's, it's drowning out in the Adriatic. On <laughs> the Adriatic. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I think I think to answer your question, it's uh, it, it kind of like it's hard to like get like a. Uh, I guess I get ahead of yourself in this, in this industry. I mean, you, it, you, I think you just have to stay humble and, and, and try to like constant because one day you have something, the next day you don't, it's just an up and down roller coaster, uh, the filmmaking process, you know? So you have to constantly just, uh, try to find the positives in every situation. And, uh, I think talking to other filmmakers is really like helpful, like, or people that are going through you. I mean, I think being, uh, sometimes me and Charlie call to just talk and catch up like every few weeks or months or whatever, just, see what he's doing, what I'm doing. And cause it's a long process. I mean, look, five years, we've all changed so much and had different experiences, but, uh, but uh, it's something that kind of keeps you together. It's like this crazy journey. It's like the team went through a journey. Like we kind of went through one too. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a, it's a cool kind of way to like, have it like tie up the bow, I guess, in a way, you know, for us, like we all kind of go our separate ways, but well, that's like life. You know, you always kind of are connected no matter what with this, mm-hmm. with this project. I mean, look, you guys brought us together t- tonight, with this whole thing, <laughs> So I don't I don't remember the last time us three were on the, on a phone call in like a long time. So, yeah. so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know you know what that that reminds me of this uh this one time uh hey Charlie remember that lunch that Duca took us out to? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you should you should uh you should talk about that because we were we were supposed to be filming, you know, and like every every minute counts when you're supposed to be filming because you're paying people. Yeah. And Charlie's and, a very uh, nice guy, but during those times they're shooting, like if he's not shooting, he's going to like murder somebody. So like, he's like why am I not shooting? And he's like looking at me like he's going to strangle me. Like, why are we sitting down for five minutes? I, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if I want to. I don't know if I want to kill anybody. We're, yeah. we're all yeah. apparent there. Yeah, no, no. But, no, it's yeah. a good thing. It's a good thing, though. Yeah. I, don't, I don't recall that. <laughs> Oh, it's been somebody else. They do. They do like to take. He does like to take a long lunch. I, that was evident. It was like four hours, five hours. Yeah, I think it was. It was like a four-hour lunch. I'm like, uh, okay, <laughs> sure. Charlie's not used to the Albanian. I was about to say that exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you need to be a slow pace. I just, wanted, I just knew, you know, I knew that we had a certain amount of days that we were um, going to be out there and. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to get yeah. something done. <laughs> you, know how, you know how Albanian things work sometimes. Like, you know, they don't like uh, the pace is kind of slow. Like they want to sit down, have a coffee and like, you know, and like talk. And then yeah, eventually yeah. things happen. So uh, that was another like, it's kind of a good way to like uh, lead into like with during production. Like, like I was kind of like the front barrier of like, uh, okay, I'm going to have a little coffee and talk, you know, uh, whatever. And then while I'm doing this, Charlie's like shooting as much as he possibly can while I'm having this guy distracted. So it's like we're trying to like somehow because, you know, obviously you can't just jump in and just start shooting or it's like disrespectful, you know. So it was mm-hmm. it was a hard balance of finding like how to be respectful and also how to like do our jobs at the same time because, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough. Mm-hmm. But we were somehow able to get it done. 
there was a there was a lot of Rocky that was drunk that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Charlie, you like Rocky? I do now. <laughs> I didn't know what it was until uh, until the Duke brought it out, and he's like, "You got to try it." And I was like, "I was like, sure, man, pass it down." <laughs> it burns the soul. <laughs> yeah, it was fuel for him. He kept going. Yeah. That was great. I think we, yeah, we 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 did put some damage on that bottle. Yeah. It was a nice time. We used to, we used to drink a lot of Rocky with Dibiase as well. Remember that? Yeah, yeah you were great. He's a great guy. That's fun. Do Do you guys still keep in contact, like with a lot of the players? Um, I do. I I, I keep in contact with Lorik a lot more than anyone else. Uh, obviously, since the movie came out, it, it's been a little bit more now uh, with like promoting and all that stuff, you know. Uh, but I we saw. I think Lorik was like in America in November. Me and Will Star saw him then, uh, and he came to a couple uh, screenings with us. We did one in London. He came to. We did one in New York. He came to. I think one in Detroit was a couple years ago. He came to. Um, yeah, I went yeah. to that. It was, it was at a church. I think. Oh, you were there. I was oh, there. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So we we we've kept in touch. It's just more like a like a friendly hello every every few months kind of thing, you know. But now that the movie came out, obviously we're we're trying our best to get everybody to kind of like share and tell people mm-hmm. and let them know. So it's been a little bit more recently, but, but everybody's really great. Uh, I know even Diviasi, I just saw him in November. He was there in Albania. Uh, he, he, he's, he's a very funny guy. Uh, he used to make fun of my, my English all the time. So he just, uh, they're all, they're all really great to be honest. They were all really nice, uh, like down to earth, uh, humble people. So, uh, yeah. And then obviously me and Duftar saw, uh, the, the current team came to the screening in November in Albania. And uh, maybe more like a, I know, now I've like turned the interviews on you guys. Uh, like, how did you guys find out about the movie? And like, and then when you did, like, was it like what you expected or like, you know, kind of mm-hmm. just curious about that? Uh, I found out on social media, just like mutual, you know, just friends like posting about it. And um, I just Googled it. Yeah. And I saw the trailer. And I literally like inside just went crazy a little bit because I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I love the fact that it starts in Albanian. It's like the beautiful language that we have with the English subtitles. It just seemed so grand to me, like as soon as I press play. So super excited. Uh, you know, an hour later was watching it. So, And I think for me, it was like, I feel like, cause you know, you guys did do screenings and stuff like years ago. And I feel like, I knew about it then, like that's when we first heard it, you know, you guys would, we were in New York or whatever and did screenings and Laura Tana's name would come up like three years, three, four years ago, whatever. And I feel like because I heard it then, I was like, oh, this movie already came out. I'm like, what do you mean it's coming out now? It like already came out years ago. Like what's happening? So I think because like in our community, like everyone talked about, it, everybody knew about it, even though we never maybe seen it, we felt like it was already there in a sense. So when, yeah. it, when, when you guys showed that it's actually out to be available to everyone that, you know, on Apple and all these formats. And I was like, Oh my God, you know what? I actually never really sat down and saw the movie, but in my head, I felt like I knew about it and it was like years ago. And, and it was like kind of like a weird feeling in that sense, because I'm like, wait a second, this movie already oh, yeah. has been out there. <laughs> But it was in well, a different format, in a sense. Well, we're we're glad you guys liked it. At least we hope you guys did. Yeah, definitely, of course. 
we're just looking forward to i i personally am looking forward to what you guys have coming next um just very excited to see motherland and also you know the new spike lee movie and like also the youtube secret life of lily ponds all sounds very interesting um i just had a plug in the future movies (laughs) (laughs) um thanks so i was wondering do you have any words of advice that you'd like to share with others in our community Uh, who wants to go first? <laughs> Wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs> the best advice. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I don't I mean, I, I think um, um, as far as like a lot of people say like for like, say for like a comedian, like a stand-up comedian, some of their, the advice that, that a stand-up comedian gives is like, there, there is no backup plan. You know, it's like uh, that. That's a, that's like a um, a common theme among a lot of super successful uh, um, actors or comedians or musicians is they don't have a backup plan. It's like this is all they're gonna. This is the only plan that they have. Um, I'm not sure if that works for everybody because look, it, it, it you know, it's it's um, sometimes maybe you need a backup plan, but. Uh, you know, it, it does, I think it is important to kind of, if you like, if you, there's something you're passionate about, um, you know, you got to go all in and, and give it, learn as much as you possibly can about whatever it is you're going to, you're going to do. And cause you're going to end up doing that for the majority of your adult life. And, uh, if it's something that you enjoy, then it's not like you're really working. It's, it's like, you're just, you're, you're doing your passion. Mm-hmm. So uh, fortunately I was able to find that and, and, and Luftar and, uh, Kreshnik were, were too. And, uh, right now times are tough as far as, uh, <laughs> making money doing this as a career, but hopefully things open up soon. Um, you know, it's, uh, filming and a lot of obviously has kind of been put on hold, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, um, you know, I'm sure hopefully we'll be back soon. And, um, Six feet, baby. Six feet. Wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs> this is a CDC podcast right now. We're just giving them. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I kind of like obviously going to piggyback on Charlie's thing. Um, it, I know not everybody's fortunate enough to be in a situation where they can kind of follow and, and kind of do their dreams. Uh, but I think, you know, uh, speaking more like in an Albanian sense, like we, you know, our, our parents' generation, they, they tried to do what's best for us. And, and I think when you get older, you realize, like, you know, the reason why they wanted you to be a doctor, a lawyer, all that stuff is because they, they wanted you to, like, have a good, better life than they did, you know. So, uh, but I, I think, you know, as much as it is a part of them teaching us, like, it's kind of our job as, as uh, the next generation to kind of teach them that there's other ways we can do things, too. And and I think, luckily, for, like, my parents, it, it, it was easy like after they saw that like you know my work and they saw like that i was passionate about it and like i wouldn't give up i think they kind of came around to it and saw that as well and and uh i think uh, in general when you're working there's a lot of things that go down and not right uh me and Rustar talked about earlier that we uh there's times we really thought this movie was going to be over and to answer your question on why the movie wasn't released three years ago is now you kind of know so mm-hmm. it was frustrating uh but we we never gave up you know we always pushed mm-hmm. And when there was times when we thought like, you know, we should give up, uh, then Charlie would push us. So it was, 
it's really kind of not only just pushing yourself, but surrounding yourself around people who uh, are like-minded and positive and are going to like help you get through the tough times. So I think it's just as important. It's a team effort. Uh, it's not just my project or Daftar's project or any, like, you know, everybody had a piece in it, even our driver Ramadan in, in Albania, who like was a, was a great driver for us. Like anybody, like everybody had like a little piece in it and I think that was the best thing about this film is uh, hopefully it comes out in the picture because everybody kind of gave like their true heart and soul into like okay. making it and we hope people are proud of it. So. Yeah. Beautiful. Speaking of Ramadan, <laughs> one of my favorite people on the planet. So this guy smokes like a chimney. <laughs> And drives us all over Albania. Windows are up. He's smoking like like it's, it's he's smoking like it's his job. And uh, and and you know for ten days straight, just probably went through ten packs of cigarettes at least. And on the last day, he's driving me to, back to the airport, and uh, we get in the car, and he has a cigarette in his hand. He looks at me and he's like, "It's okay if I smoke." And I'm like, "I'm like you're kidding me, right, dude? You, you're." you're my lungs are black, and now you're asking me if it's okay if you smoke. I'm like, I just, I almost just like, I, I almost, I almost peed my pants. It was, it was hilarious. I'm like, this guy, hands down, is the best. And then I get home, and like, we would face. I, I, I'm not really. Uh, I kind of abandoned Facebook about a year ago. It's just, it's just too much. It's too much effort. Too much effort for me. But at the time, like, I don't know. I guess a couple of years ago, he. Um, he, you know, we would exchange, uh, you know, holiday greetings and birthday and stuff like that. And every now and then he would send something to me. And then like one day, like it was around Christmas, he, I get this, this, this thing in the mail from, from Ramadan. I'm assuming maybe it's like a carton of cigarettes or something. <laughs> and he sent me this like a uh, wooden carved, uh, like wall plaque. Uh, and I'm going into my office right now to look at it because I, uh, it's hung up over here. Oh uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's actually it's it's quite lovely. I mean, I, I guess when we're not on Zoom, I, I can't show you, but it's, it says uh, it's maybe like eight by or maybe like eight by ten or eleven, and it's like a wood carving that's like painted, and it's uh, of Tirana, Albania, and it says nineteen thirty seven, and it's like of the center square there. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's that's hanging on my wall that's next to my cool. uh, next to the rest of my. Um, <laughs> stuff you know so yeah that's the best part of that that was one of the best characters that wasn't in the film <laughs> <laughs> a piece of him is hanging on your wall so <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah. cool actually now i'm gonna have to uh, reach out to him and see how he's doing <laughs> <laughs> so, so you guys have any more questions for us or do we not answer anything do, do you guys have anything that you think we should talk about um, I guess, oh, I just want to piggyback on that last question. Just, uh, I just, uh, I guess like for future generations, uh, Albania specifically to kind of promote and help their own arts. Um, I feel like, uh, a lot of countries are way ahead in, uh, promoting themselves and promoting their land and culture on film and television way more than albania has or like like for, for instance say croatia you know you have big shows like game of thrones going to film in croatia mm -hmm. and like and why why are not these shows coming to albania or 
you know, we have the same land, the same beautiful waters. Mm. It, like, what what can we do to change the the future of you know the perception of Albanians and in in art and film specifically? So I think uh, you know, there's there. Hopefully, with our film, we can kind of uh, give a little inspiration to people to be like, oh, these guys made a film. Why can't we? Yeah. So hopefully there's other um, people out there that can use that. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I think what I was really proud of is that you did show the the good side of Albanians, you know, kind of like that patriotic that we are a team and we care about each other and our country. Because, right. like, we're, we're like, not, we're not all just we're not, from, from Taken. Right. We're not <laughs> these gangsters and, like, what yeah. people associate Albanians with in movies, you know, like that stereotype of mafia, gangster type person. So it was nice to see something that's more authentic and real to who we are as a culture. Right. And it's about spreading, spreading that. And- mm hmm making people aware because we we probably don't have the the best reputation right now <laughs> and so. as far as like um capturing like that landscape or having people go and film there why do you think that's not happening right now uh probably a majority of it is politics and yeah uh, for and sure money i mean it's it, like like when we were there you you, you could just kind of tell it's like people are always trying to hustle you or trying to you know um, levels of government it's just it's it's going to take generations but hopefully sooner rather than later i mm-hmm. mean albania's kind of uh had the unfortunate you know past of being a lockdown communist society for so long that you know a lot of those lockdown roots are still embedded in people's psychology there so um they're not as open as they can be to allowing stuff like that to happen mm-hmm. yeah we just hope that like our film kind of uh we don't think we're gonna like change the landscape we just hope that it kind of like you said earlier like inspires how dare you how <laughs> dare you <laughs> uh, we just hope it inspires people to 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 you know pursue stuff and then if it's not our generation then hopefully the next one or the one after and and we really hope that kind of like you know whatever we had to deal with like hopefully the next people won't have to just kind of like that way so uh yeah so that's kind of like how we how i view it but i, I think it, it really just uh, matters on on uh on on really just like pushing yourself and I, I think things will turn around eventually it's just you know it's it takes for people to kind of break down little barriers for things like that to happen so absolutely yep but we also didn't shy away from like the the negative stuff either in the film, and we wanted to kind of show that too. And I and I think mm-hmm. that's another important aspect yeah. too to make sure it's not biased, you know. So yeah. we wanted to show the reality of of what it was. And I think, uh, you know, you know, actually, you know, I'll I'll touch about it. Like, there's a lot of people who have given us a lot of uh, through screenings about the the trash that we saw on the beach, for example. Yeah, yeah. I you know what that I, actually I, I said that to myself. I'm like, whoa, like way to show the trash. I'm like, good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean the thing is like it's funny because we didn't we didn't when we went into it we weren't like oh let's go record this trash and right. like, this trash Albanians. that no, was not I know, I know. That's not what we tried to do uh but you no, know the this, reality this, was this trash is art yeah so that's what we wanted to <laughs> we wanted to really showcase this art. trash it's art uh no but we we wanted uh we wanted to show uh that like this is 
what these guys left. They left this great, they were born and raised in Germany. They came to practice here. Like that, we didn't go and put that trash there in the, in the beach. Like that's right. where they were really practicing. Right. Uh, and it's to show like, so you can look at it two ways. You can look at it as like, oh, look how ugly it is. Why would you show that? Or you can look at it as like, these guys came because they want to make improvements to this thing that is here. And I think that's what we wanted to show okay. is like, there's a lot of great things that are happening, but there's still the reality of like, they're still practicing next to this. Mm-hmm. And it's, it'll take, if we just sit there and say, oh, we made it, we did it. Like, how are we going to progress? You know? And I think we need to like, kind of be real too, of like, there's still more room to go. And I think Lorik says that, and it's really fitting with the whole trash at the end is just Lorik says it. He says, this shouldn't be a stopping ground for us with the Euros. Like this should be a stepping stone for the next thing that's coming. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's what we really wanted to show. It's like, there's, there, they might be like, kind of like, running away a little bit on the beach as if like going on their separate ways but really they're kind of like opening it up for other people to kind of come in and and like kind of pick up the stuff where they left off yeah yeah i'm not really sure what you guys are talking about i totally brought bags of trash out and threw it out there i I mean what what, what's going on are we not on the same page (laughs) you know know, uh when i saw when i first saw the trash i said okay this is only going to get better from here you know and I was just waiting for like that beautiful scenery to come through. Nope. But it ended with that, you know? So I thought that was like, yeah, it was, it was real. It was humbling. It was, you know, it, it also made me feel like, you know what, that's okay to show this now mm-hmm. because there's so much of Albania, you know, more tourists are going there and they see it, you know, it's beautiful. I know we still have the trash, but. <laughs> I mean, I've been telling a lot, I told a lot of my uh, friends um, over the past four or five years um, that if they go in that area, it's, it's, I, I, I thought it was gorgeous. And like I said, I wish I had a chance to go to, uh, some of the, um, the islands and stuff too, but I, I thought it was, a, it's, it's a beautiful, uh, country and I don't know, I, maybe I'm a little naive, but everything I saw was beautiful. And like I said, the food was great and yeah. it just, it, no, it's nice. it was, it was a, it was a cool, it was definitely a great experience. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were making a, we were making a film about the Albanian soccer team at the end of the day, uh, and yeah. we tried to show the culture through it. And you know, some people were like, well, "Why did you go shoot the beaches in uh, southern Albania?" And I was like, "Well, like, unfortunately, like they weren't practicing. We didn't have any money. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but no, they weren't practicing there. So like, we're not gonna yeah. like, make a propaganda film either. Like, right. you know, you can yeah. you can hype up. Uh, I think we did a pretty good job of like uh, hyping up Albania for like probably ninety eight percent of the movie. So yeah. like, you know, talk a little bit about like with a, with a, with a dose talk. of reality in there. Yeah, with a dose yeah. of reality, and I think that reality is something that hopefully makes people like say, you know what, we've done a lot, but like, what can we do next? And, right. and that's really, I think, and hopefully it gives, uh, like you know, the unbiased viewer, like like a Serbian person is watching this, like you know, how can we get them to like want to watch it? You know, it's like it's us trying to make sure it's not an Albanian film. Like, make sure mm-hmm. it's a, it's a it's just a good film that happens yeah. to be about Albanian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So. Definitely. Well, we've been on this for like two hours. <laughs> I, know. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know if your interviews are usually this long, but uh, I guess. Um, Do we have to read like any stamps.com? Uh, uh, <laughs> or <laughs> Butcher Box? I, I know all the copy for Butcher Box, you know, if you want me to just. I don't know if you guys have any sponsors. No. <laughs> I, th- I think <laughs> I think we got it really. Um, but just you, you know, care of? Okay. Um, just so honored, honestly, like so amazing to to have you guys on and to to pick your brain and and um, yeah, get to know you better. 
and excited about, you know, the future as to, you know, what you'll be producing. Awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks for having uh, the first American on there. And hopefully I'm not the last. Yes, Charlie. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. This was, uh, this was fun. Thank you guys.